The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. We are live right here on Football Full Circle, all across the Sports Grid Radio Network and Sirius XM Channel 159. Conference Championship Weekend is on the horizon in college football. A full-blown breakdown of everything you need to know across the entire country in CFB. Joe Lisi is here. He is the mastermind of the college football pigskin. I am Ben Stevens. Joe, a college football episode through and through to preview the entire slate of conference championship Friday and Saturday and all of the implications that will come for the college football playoff and deciphering who will be the top four come Sunday afternoon. Lisi, it's a great time, but like you say often, a bittersweet time because when conference championship weekend comes to a close, most of this college football season is also done. And a little anticlimactic this year with obviously LSU losing last week to Texas A&M. We saw some teams take care of business. Michigan step up. So realistically, the only, I want to say, holes that potentially are on life support is TCU and USC. TCU does have the inside edge, but if they lose a blowout game, let's say, to Kansas State, then maybe you could have that conversation, and then all eyes will be in Las Vegas Friday night for that matchup between USC and Utah, rematch in which the Utes got the first half victory of the win in the first game, 43-42. So we'll see if USC could take care of business Friday night. Joe, we will go through each and every one of the Power Five Conference Championship games. We'll check in on the AAC as well over the course of this next hour here on Football Full Circle. But first, we start with the big news of Wednesday evening into what we have now officially a part of college football moving forward. The college football playoff expansion with the the help or the blessing, I should say, Joe, of the Rose Bowl Committee will officially expand to 12 teams for the 2024 season. That means two more years, the one we are currently in right now, trying to figure out the four of the CFP, and next year in 2023, and then expansion, Joe, to 12 teams come 2024. Lisi, we talked about this idea earlier the week, earlier this week here on Football Full Circle. You shared you're not a huge proponent of an expanded field of 12 for the college football playoff. Now that it is official, how do you feel about everything that's going to change? 
Well, I mean, you have to accept it, right? It's not right. going to be next year, so we have one more year where we have the top four in the regular season, at least in my opinion, no matter. But at the end of the day, we see Brett McMurphy already tweeting out, when can we expand to 16? Yeah. You know that, I mean, we haven't even gotten to 12 yet. You know, it'll be, oh, when are we getting to 20 and 24? And then all of a sudden, we might as well have 64 teams like college basketball. And then, you know, a 5-5 five and five team will have a shot at the college football championship. That's what I don't want to see happen. But right. at the end of the day, it's here. Have to accept it as long as you love the sport and it's the best game in town absolutely so and here's the thing joe i think the 12 team format is the perfect amount of expansion like you i don't want to see it be the ncaa tournament field for men's or women's basketball expanded to 68 teams i don't even want to see 16 teams i think 12 is the perfect format the reason i say that joe is because the knock against expansion, which might be warranted to a certain extent, there is nothing like college football and the significance of each and every Saturday, meaning everything to your long-term outlook of competing for a conference championship, a spot in the college football playoff, and potentially winning a national title. Because each of those results is a factor of your resume. You don't have 30 games to prove your worth. You have 12 and potentially a 13th if you reach your conference title game. Each and every matchup, each and every weekend, Joe, is incredibly important, at least in determining a national champion. As we often say, Joe, there is a beauty in college football that we remember moments throughout the year that really have nothing to do with determining teams that will be successful in the hunt of a college football playoff spot. But back to the overall point being, Joe, the reason I still believe in 12 teams and the incentive still being there is because it's the perfect amount. Each and every step of the way, as you break down the seeds, one through four, five through eight, nine for 12, there is still an incentive marker at each and every one of those stages. The top four teams, the four highest ranked Joe conference champions, all receive a first round bye. They don't have to play that opening weekend. Teams five through eight still are battling for those spots because they will host, Joe, my favorite part of this expansion idea, they will host that opening round matchup on their college campus. Just outside of how you feel about the playoff, think about how cool that is going to be to see playoff games in late December on campus for these universities. The atmosphere, Joe, the electricity is going to be incredible. And of course, if you're battling for the spots 9 through 12, you want to be in the college football playoff. You want to have that chance. You want to have that opportunity where each and every given Saturday, Joe, anything could potentially happen and it opens the door for a group of five team and that becomes even more significant in those conferences as well so I love it Joe I think every step of the way there is something to fight for and to play for keeping regular season games all that much significant making conference championships important and that's what I love about it yeah, I mean, this is what it's all about. I mean, at the end of the day, it's, it's still be competitive. And if you get a, a field of 12, you never know. We might get that Boise State type of scenario where they could shock the world and upset a team like Oklahoma. Well, talk about what a 12-team format would mean for this upcoming conference championship weekend here very soon on Football Full Circle Live on the Sports Grid Radio Network. Come back and join us. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. 
the collide of football pads, the squeak of shoes on a basketball court, the crack of the bat on a home run, the slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month, experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. We are back on Football Full Circle, live right here on the Sports Grid Radio Network and Sirius XM Channel 159. All right, Joe Lisi, it's the point of the show where we preview the start of week number 13 of the NFL regular season. A Thursday night football game between two divisional rivals within the AFC East up in Foxborough, Massachusetts, between the New England Patriots and the Buffalo Bills. Joe, the Bills a three-and-a-half-point road favorite at this moment. But the line all week long has worked in the manner of the Pats. It was four and a half just a few days ago, then four as of yesterday evening. Now just three and a half, Joe Lisi, in favor of the Buffalo Bills. The over-under is 43 and a half. Joe, when you approach this game for Thursday night football, what's your first thought? Well, I mean, I've read, and we have to see if it's true, but there's like an illness going around with the Buffalo Bills. Five players might might, might not be available, including defensive back Dean Jackson. At the end of the day, we know that in order for Buffalo to win this ballgame, they're going to need the rushing attack. Now, I believe Devin Singletary is the key to this matchup. They didn't run the football effectively in the win against Detroit. They were put into predictable long third downs, and Josh Allen had to pull them out from the abyss. But at the end of the day, I still think they're going to be able to run on New England. I think Singletary could have a big day. I think Josh Allen as well. And I, I think, honestly, that you know, in order for the Patriots to win, forget the running game with Stevenson. They're going to need Mac Jones to duplicate what he did a couple weeks ago or on Thanksgiving night against Minnesota in the passing game. I think he could put up some numbers, but at the end of the day, I like Buffalo to win it and cover this matchup. It's a line, Joe, in the way that it has worked that would say to me the Pats are ripe for the upset. I just don't know if I agree with that. If you watch football the last couple of weeks and see both of these teams, yeah, Buffalo's slightly in a downtrend, I guess, but they're still an 8-3 and three football team, Joe, and there are three losses this year against two divisional opponents by a simple amount of a couple of points and then an overtime loss to the Minnesota Vikings. I believe, Joe Lisi, and stay with me here as I pull this up right now, that the Buffalo Bills, their three combined losses this year are by, yes, eight total points. They haven't been bum-rushed in any of those games. They've been favored in every game this year and are just 5-6 and six against the spread despite being an 8-3 and three football team straight up. But Joe, they're not a bad football team. They're not playing bad football. The stats for Josh Allen might not be as impressive as they were earlier this season, but the line would tell you 
Buffalo's in a bad spot. I just don't know if I agree with it. The Patriots really have not shown me much all season long that makes me believe New England can keep this game within margin, which is what we're asking for here. A three-and-a-half-point spread now only in favor of the Bills. That's a field goal game, Joe Lisi. That's what it's asking for for the New England Patriots. But the Pats is an underdog this year, just two and three against the spread, including one outright victory against the Cleveland Browns when they shouldn't have been booked as a f- underdog in that football game either. They haven't been that great against the spread, Joe, as a dog because they're three non-covers against Miami in another game against Baltimore. And then last weekend on Thanksgiving Day, so a week ago, both of these teams played on Turkey Day. Both had a full week of rest despite this being a Thursday night football game as a two-and-a-half-point dog in Minnesota. Those are the upper echelon teams in the National Football League. And New England hasn't performed all that well, losing by more than margin against all three of those clubs. The only other cover, Joe, they had as an underdog, week number four, Against the Green Bay Packers, they were a nine-and-a-half-point underdog on the road in Lambeau. That game went to overtime. Green Bay escaped, but Green Bay is certainly not a good team right now. Four games below five hundred, and that's the team we've seen for the Packers this season. So I don't really know, Joe, why the line is working this way, despite the fact it's going to be cold in Foxborough and despite the fact that the Buffalo Bills, for a second consecutive week, are dealing with some illnesses within their locker room. I still expect them to be out and ready to play tonight against New England. And Joe, I think it's an interesting game as well from the playoff perspective. All four teams in the AFC East have a winning record at the moment. All four teams at least a game above 500 or better. The Patriots actually in the bottom of the standings of the four, a 6-5 and five record. Buffalo in uh, a tie at least record-wise with the Miami Dolphins at 8-3, and three, Joe. But Miami currently has that tiebreaker for the divisional top spot given the fact the Dolphins beat the Bills week number three. So, Joe, all these teams in contention right now within the division. New England on the outside looking in a game back of the Jets in the wild card standings. Currently plus 194 to make the postseason. And whether Buffalo wins the division, Joe, or if they have to be an AFC wildcard team, if Miami keeps pace, they will be a playoff team. So from that perspective, Joe, how significant is tonight's game? Very. Uh, very significant in the sense of Buffalo has to get back on track in terms of beating an AFC East opponent. That has been the one weakness right now of the Buffalo Bills. They dropped the game in South Beach to Miami. They dropped the road game to the New York Jets. If they're built for the long haul in terms of a playoff run, you're going to have to win in tough environments, right? They were able to do that against Pat Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs, but they haven't really shown a propensity to do that in the division. And I think that that's where, more importantly, they have to step up tonight. Even though it's the Patriots, even though they might be undermanned, the fact that they're going into Foxborough, the fact that they haven't played well in the division, in the AFC East on the road, I think this is a get-right spot, and they're going to want to prove that they are the best team, not just in the conference, but potentially all the NFL on a primetime type of matter. They struggle with Detroit on Thanksgiving Day. I think you'll get a much better effort tonight. The Buffalo Bills, again, a favorite in every game this year, all 11, have only covered once in their last five contests. And, Joe, it's an interesting spot for Buffalo, right? This market for the individual game on Thursday, working away from them in that point spread. And so are the futures markets, both as a team and individually. The Buffalo Bills no longer the favorites in the AFC for the first time 
all year, all summer, all preseason, all offseason long. That is the Kansas City Chiefs, plus 200 for KC. Only 20 cents behind is Buffalo, but plus 220. They're no longer the favorites then to win Super Bowl 57. And Joe, Josh Allen is no longer the favorite to win M- NFL MVP. In fact, he's worked all the way back on this board, the fourth best price at 13 to 1. Patrick Mahomes is the favorite, an odds-on favorite, in fact, minus money, minus 150. There is a clear gap, Joe, between where Josh Allen is with the fourth-best price and even Tua Tungavailoa with the third-best number at 6-1. to one. Tua's price is more than half of what Josh Allen's is. So we have seen market against Buffalo, market movement against Buffalo, Joe, in a variety of factors. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, for Josh Allen to get back into the MVP race, he's going to have to obviously dominate tonight and then go on a little bit of a heater and have Mahomes maybe play down to the level of competition. That hasn't happened yet. You never could say never. There's still seven games left on in terms of the schedule for some of these teams. We'll see how it plays out. But at the end of the day, I think Josh Allen would actually trade the MVP for a Super Bowl ring, right? So it starts tonight in Foxborough. They have to get right, and we'll see if he can do it because you're right. Tua and the Miami Dolphins are a team that pose a problem for the Buffalo Bills, not just in terms of the division, but maybe being that roadblock to a Super Bowl championship. Yeah, and it's a big, big point right now for Buffalo. If you can win the division, as the odds would indicate, minus 220, of course, you host a playoff game. If you're a wild card team, yeah, you're in the postseason, but your path is made a little bit more difficult. Not many people want to go to Western New York, Joe, in the middle of January and try to beat the Bills in front of Bills Mafia in that kind of condition. It will be very interesting to see how it all plays out. There's a chance that Buffalo, who is favored to at least win this week, a three-and-a-half-point favorite against their divisional foe in the Pats. And the Dolphins, Joe, with a big one against San Francisco on Sunday, a three-point underdog that if you look at where things stand at the moment, the Bills could be in first place come the end of week number 13. Also keep an eye on Ramondre Stevenson's receiving yards prop. It's 37-and-a-half. It's a number he has gone over in four of his last five averaging 55 yards per game in that five-game span. More football full circle up next, live right here on the Sports Grid Radio Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 
21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. We are back live right here on Football Full Circle, the Sports Grid Radio Network. It is conference championship weekend in CFB. Joe, this is the culmination of each and every program's hard work to get to their conference title game, to have an opportunity to hoist that trophy and potentially for some, Joe, have a spot in the college football playoff. Now, Joe, we let off the show, speaking of college football playoff expansion, officially starting in 2024, we will move to 12 teams away from four. I like that idea, Joe, because I actually could make an argument more games become even more significant because really the only two conference championship games, Joe, this weekend that have any bearing on the 2022 college football playoff, the Pac-12 title game between USC and Utah, and the Big 12 title game between TCU and Kansas State. Even if Michigan loses, they're going to be in the CFP. Even if Georgia loses, they're going to be in the CFP, and they are heavily favored, both of those teams are, to win their conference title games. Joe, if we expand to 12, the ACC championship becomes all that much more important. The AAC conference championship becomes important. The SEC title game, if LSU was able to pull off an upset, would become important. Maybe not Purdue and Michigan, but you never know if the Boilermakers play the Boilermakers role again and they go from unranked to top 12. Who knows, Joe Lisi? There are so many different possibilities, I think, making games even that much more significant. That was just my final point to echo the expansion of the college football playoff. Yeah, I mean, I see your point. I see your point as it relates to the conference championships, but the counterpoint is that the regular season games that we saw last week maybe wouldn't have as much juice, right? Because you still have the backup of the conference championships, and you still have those games that maybe will take maybe precedence over the regular season games. You know, that matchup in terms of Baton Rouge with Alabama and LSU doesn't have as much weight with LSU's backs against the wall with one loss. I mean, that's that's really what it comes down to. Only time will tell, Ben. We won't know until we know and we see it play out and see how these teams approach it. But that's what the beauty of college football is. We're changing and we're hopefully headed in the right direction for a better product on the field. Right. And As everything goes, Joe, with change, people need to adjust, not just in college sports or college football, but everything. I think even people that are the biggest detractors will learn to love this and will find its flaws and will find its benefits and all that good stuff as we have with a four-team college football playoff as we evolved from the BCS and the BCS from other areas of deciding based on national sports writers who was a conference champion, echoing 1997, Nebraska, and Michigan. All right, Joe, let's focus on this year, though, because we still have the present, and that's one of the things we love of college football. It's the storied past, the present of what is currently happening, and of course, always projecting out the future. But the present right now, Joe, is conference championship weekend. Let's start with the first game on the docket. The Pac-12 championship game, number 4 USC, number 11 Utah, in Las Vegas. The Trojans, Joe, a two-and-a-half point favorite. The over-under stands at 67-and-a-half. Of course, this conference championship game is a rematch of a regular season game in the middle of October in Rice Eccles 
in Salt Lake City. Utah had one lead, Joe, in that football game. It was the final score, and really that's all that matters. The Utes handing the Trojans their only loss this year, 43-42, scoring on their final offensive possession under two minutes remaining. They go for two. They get it, the 43-42 victory. However, USC did cover as a three-and-a-half point favorite. Joe, how similar do you think the Pac-12 title game will look to what we saw in the regular season between the Utes and the Trojans? Well, I think it'll be a competitive game. I like Utah to actually strike the upset, but I think it's a little lower scoring than what we saw, 85 total points in terms of the Rice-Eccles game. I don't think we're going to get into that area. I think Utah will be able to run the football. I think the biggest, I want to say, under-the-radar stat is how good the Utah defense has been against the run. Last five games, they're 4-1, and one, 65 rushing yards allowed to opposing offenses. Yes, they gave up a buck 56 to Oregon. They went toe-to-toe and lost that ballgame by three points. But I think they're going to be able to shut down the run with Austin Jones. And on top of that, maybe force some turnovers against Caleb Williams. And on the flip side, USC was not able, or let me let me rephrase that, USC was not challenged by the Notre Dame offense, right? They put up points, but it was because USC kept just scoring at will on every possession they had right. and forced Notre Dame to match them score for score. I believe in this matchup, Utah could potentially dictate tempo, get out early, and then force Caleb Williams into an uglier type of game, which would favor the Utes defense, and that's where I'm going. I, I'm calling for the upset here. I think it'll be a very low-scoring game, maybe 28-24, but I favor the Utes in this ballgame. Yes, he is calling for the upset, folks. You heard him right there. And, Joe, before we continue to break down this game, to echo some of your points and to lay out how I see things going as well, just to make sure we drive this home, if Utah does pull off the upset, and they win the Pac-12 championship game, does that effectively eliminate USC from contention in the college football playoff? Absolutely. There's no way USC could be a two-loss non-conference opponent uh, right. team and crack the college football playoff and lose on the le- and you know with everything in front of them. Yep. Just can't yep. happen. TCU, uh, as we discussed earlier today, they have a little more room for error unless they get absolutely blown out by Kansas State, which you know is possible. It's been known to happen before, but the it, the odds are very unlikely that that'll play out in Arlington. Joe, the total for this game in the Pac-12 title game in Las Vegas on Friday night is 67 and a half. USC has played six consecutive overs. They have won five straight games. Of course, they lost to Utah. They allowed the Utes to score 43 points. In their five consecutive wins, though, Joe Lisi, the least amount of points let up, 17 against the worst Power 5 football program at the moment in Colorado. Notre Dame is not an offensive team, Joe, by any means, especially with how the Trojans actually fared against the ground game of the Irish, but they got up early and often, forcing Notre Dame into a negative game script, but they still allowed Notre Dame to score 27 points. That's four scores, and that was the least amount they allowed in that five-game win streak outside of Colorado. They're giving up 263 points per game, Joe, over 405 yards of total offense to their opponents. Pretty much to echo, USC is maybe not concerned necessarily with stopping you. They want to take the football away, and they have the best turnover margin in all of college football, and that has saved their defense under Alex Grinch at times this year. But, Joe, they just want to outscore you, and USC with the fifth-best total offense and the third-best scoring offense in college football can certainly do that. 
led by what seems to be the Heisman winner, all but a lock at this point, a minus 3,000 number for Caleb Williams, the quarterback for the Trojans. Joe, I think even with a loss, Caleb Williams is your Heisman Trophy winner, having gotten to a conference championship game. I don't really see anybody surpassing him. Maybe Max Duggan, maybe if Blake Corm is sensational and healthy, even if he is in the Big Ten title game against Purdue. I think Caleb Williams has wrapped up the Heisman Trophy, And you look at the first box score against Utah back on October 15th, that Saturday night in Salt Lake, you can see why. 381 passing yards, five passing scores, also ran the ball for 57 yards, Joe Lisi. His passing yards prop against Utah this time, 317 in a hook. His rushing yards prop, a little bit lower, 37 and a half. So, Joe, if USC can avoid the upset against Utah, what has to be that expectation level for Caleb Williams? Well, I think, you know, I don't think he's got to get up to 300. I just think they have to push tempo in the passing game. The one weakness, I want to say, of Utah is they traditionally struggle with teams that could challenge them over the top. Go to the Rose Bowl last year, right? They tried to go toe-to-toe with C.J. Stroud. Couldn't do it. They lost a very close ball game by three. Wound up covering the six-and-a-half spread. With Caleb Williams, you want to push tempo. Does he have to get to 350? No. He's got to get in the area of about 270, 280, though, you know, to still challenge that defense over the top and keep them in terms of the stack in the box and, and affecting the rushing attack with Austin Jones. The running, I don't think, is that important for Caleb Williams. I think it's the mm-hmm. passing game. You know, as long as he can attack them over the top with Addison and Austin Jones and in in maybe the screen game or the short-term intermediate passing game, that's more important than the rushing attack because if they rely on that and Utah shuts them down, that goes right into what Utah wants to do. They want to slow the tempo. So we'll see. That's why this game is so intriguing is because we know USC wants to obviously get into the 40s and Utah wants to play this game in the high 20s the way they did against Oregon. Whoever dictates the tempo will win. Yeah, it's going to be a very, very big part of this conversation. I think there's a path, Joe, for USC to win this football game, even if they give up 35 points for Utah. And I think there's a path for Utah if they give up 42 points to the Trojans, as we saw in the regular season matchup between these two. This game significant, of course, outside of the college football playoff. Pac-12 championship means a spot most likely in the Rose Bowl. If Utah were to lose, Washington probably leapfrogs the Utes, as they should, in my opinion, to then be that Pac-12 team in the Rose Bowl. Joe, we'll have plenty more from around the conference championship weekend coming up here over the uh, rest of this show, but we're coming up on the break very, very soon. The Big 12 title game, also a two-and-a-half-point spread between number 3 TCU and 10th-ranked Kansas State. Also a rematch of the regular season in Fort Worth. The Horned Frogs were down 28-10 to in that second quarter. They score the final 28 points of the game, all unanswered to come back for a 38 38- 28 victory, even covering as a three-and-a-half-point home favorite. We'll get Lisey's breakdown of the Big 12 title game between TCU and Kansas State up next, along with many other conference championships still to come. Come back and join us. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. 
the squeak of shoes on a basketball court, the crack of the bat on a home run, the slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month, experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. We are back on Football Full Circle, continuing our conference championship weekend preview and full-blown breakdown for college football. Live right here on FFC, Joe Lisi is the mastermind of the college football pigskin, the perfect person to be talking to here, and I am Ben Stevens. So, Joe, we go to the Big 12 title game now. I laid out the line and what happened the first time. TCU and K-State met in this regular season, 38-28, the final for the Horn Frogs at home, storming back, Joe, from down 28 to 10 in the opening half. They scored 28 unanswered, the final points of that game, and they win 38-28, covering as a three and a half point favorite. Here, a short two and a half point favorite in Arlington for the Big 12 championship game against K-State. Each and every step of this journey, Joe, TCU has been overlooked and potentially undervalued from the odds. An unranked team in the preseason AP Top 25, now ranked third in the country, a perfect unbeaten 12-0 heading into its conference championship game. Joe, the Horned Frogs have been asked to prove it. Each and every step of this college football season, will that be the case one more time on Saturday? I think they will win, uh, Ben. I I really do. I don't know if we're going to see as as close of a game in terms of the Big 12 as we would in in the Pac-12. I I really honestly believe that. I think TCU, in my opinion, is the superior team in this matchup. They have the better quarterback. And I think their defense is trending in the right direction. We've seen them step up in multiple games now against Iowa State, against Baylor. You know, tough environments where they could potentially lose it, and all they did was dominate. So at the end of the day, I'm buying into TCU. It's a short number. They have everything in front of them. The fans will travel well, and I just think that this is the most complete team in the conference. I think they get it done against Will Howard and the crew. Joe, when you look at the props for this football game, Max Duggan needs to be a Heisman finalist, in my opinion. I think he will be. He won the Johnny Unitas Golden Arm Award for the best quarterback in all of college football. I think he will be at that Heisman stage, although Caleb Williams probably will strike the pose as your 2022 Heisman Trophy winner. He threw for 280 yards, 17 of 26 completions and attempts, and three touchdowns against K-State in that opening matchup this season. He is that good. 
His passing yards prop is 251.5 for the rematch in the Big 12 title game. His running back, Joe, alongside him, Kendra Miller, 102.5. He ran for a buck 53 in two scores against Chris Kleiman in Kansas State. Out of those two players, Joe, for TCU, who do you think steps up on their biggest stage of this season? I think it's Duggan. And, and you know, let's not count out Duggan in terms of his rush yards. I think that's a big factor as well that we have to keep an eye out on. Hasn't run as much, but he still has the ability to break contain in terms of the RPO game. I, I think the biggest thing in terms of, you know, big matchups is you have to break tendency. You can't go in status quo and look for Sonny Dykes to utilize Duggan in terms of the run game a little bit more uh, in this matchup. I think he could get over his rushing and passing total. He's been the leader of this offense. He's played hurt. And at the end of the day, I think they could dominate this game. I think they can win this anywhere from 13 to 17 points. I think what we saw in the second half is potentially what we could see throughout the game. I just don't know if K-State is built to really win this ball game, I really uh, and people might be shocked at that. A lot of people are buying in to the Wildcats, but I think in a rematch type of scenario, TCU is not going to take K State lightly or overlook them in this matchup. For the Wildcats, Joe Deuce Vaughn, one of the best running backs in the Big Twelve, his rushing yards prop one hundred and one in a hook. He was under that against TCU in their regular season matchup, and we've seen that Horn Frogs front step up in their biggest games this year. They limited Bijan Robinson in a huge way for that upset victory in Austin, when Bijan's pretty much been running for a buck seventy-five with no issue against every other team in the conference. Now, I say that with a small asterisk because Deuce Vaughn had twelve carries for 83 yards and a score. Still rather explosive, averaging near seven yards per attempt. But Will Howard, Joe, is the quarterback now for K-State. He was not the starter entering that TCU game. In fact, it was Adrian Martinez who was playing sensational football up until that TCU game. He was injured. It's been really Will Howard's show for the rest of this year. He had 225 passing yards, Joe. Two touchdowns and an interception against TCU in the first meeting. Also a rushing score as well. His passing yards prop 250 and a half. It's only a yard away from Duggins, but that will be the focus for TCU in terms of containing that attack that is bolstered by Deuce Vaughn. Now, Joe, it's also a part of the college football playoff conversation. We mentioned it, the Pac-12 and the Big 12 title games, the most impactful in terms of the CFP. If USC loses, they're done. Joe, what about if TCU loses on Saturday in the Big 12 championship game? Would they be on the outside looking in at the college football playoff? No, I don't believe so. Unless it's a unless it's an absolute boat race, like, and I mean, like, what thirty five to seven? I mean, you know, if TCU loses a ten point game, I still think they're in. I really do. I I, I think it's going to take seventeen or more by K State to say, you know what, maybe maybe we look at another team. I, I just don't think you could go twelve and zero in the regular season, lose your conference championship game, and then give way to a potential two loss football team like Alabama or or even a one loss team in terms of Ohio State. Just just can't happen, in right. my opinion. I mean, it would have to be a mental breakdown, complete breakdown, like we saw back in 2014 with Wisconsin getting blown out by Ohio State. Yeah, I mean, that would be a very big component of this conversation. What is the margin? Obviously, if TCU wins, they are in without a shadow of the doubt. A perfect 13-0 season, including a Big 12 Conference championship. But they still reached the conference title, Joe, and that should be significant 
in its own right. While Ohio State and Alabama are sitting home this weekend, TCU is playing in its conference title game. And that would be a distinguishing factor to Ohio State if they even were to lose. TCU played in its conference championship. Ohio State did not. And if you're going to argue that conferences mean nothing because the Big 12 ended up having a down year, then let's not have conferences in general. And we'll just simulate games on paper in one big 131 Super League of FBS college football. All right, Joe, from the Big 12 title game to the next game up on the board from a Power 5 perspective, the SEC championship in Atlanta between Georgia and LSU. Joe, Joe, like you mentioned at the top of the show, this game has lost some of that luster given the Bayou Bengals upset last week against Texas A&M, 10-point favorites on the road in College Station against a bad A&M team, and they lost that football game outright, 38-23. We've seen the line reflect that a little bit, 18-and-a-half now, Joe, again, in favor of the Georgia Bulldogs. Will this game stay within margin, Joe? Will it be more competitive than that three-score spread would tell you it is right now? I believe it will be. I, I believe LSU came out completely flat last week against Texas A&M. I watched every play of that ball game. Devin Aching, Devon Aching came out and just dominated yeah. in terms of the rushing attack over 100 yards. Moose Muhammad had a big game. It was basically a one-man route for Connor Wigman and, and the offense. I mean, that was a, a pathetic Texas A&M offense entering that ball game. That being said, in order for LSU to strike the upset, they got to get pressure on Stetson Bennett. He's only been sacked seven times all year, and they're going to have to run the football and, and obviously score points. I think Jaden Daniels and the passing game need to come alive. I mean, here's the thing. I think LSU definitely steps up. They, you give it a, they give it their best effort. I see Georgia winning this ball game. LSU come Covering, but I do like the total over 50 and a half. I think it's a high, higher scoring game. Potentially, we've seen that since 2014. Every SEC championship is averaged right in the area of about 59.6 points per game. It was an over last year with Georgia and Bama. I think it's an over this year with LSU and Georgia. Joe, we're trending into the direction of giving the Georgia defense the respect it has earned over the past two years. Of course, Georgia's defense was incredibly dominant. One of the best defenses we had maybe ever seen in the past decade in college football last year. They had five players drafted in the first round of the 2022 NFL Draft. But you check in right now, UGA is the best scoring defense in all of college football, once again, only allowing 11.3 points per game. LSU's team total, Joe, is 15 and a half. The Tigers have to go over that to cover this number in my estimation. But if this game is going to be competitive, that means LSU scores at least 17 points. They could still lose 38-17, but that would push us to the total, Joe. I think LSU has to score, and it's led by Jaden Daniels. Joe, like you mentioned, okay, Sean Booty, for LSU in this football game, he is one of the best receivers in all of the SEC, potentially a high draft pick coming up out of Baton Rouge. All right, Joe, from the SEC title game to another big spread in the Big Ten title game. One of the nightcaps in Indianapolis, Michigan, the number two team in the country, taking on Purdue. The Wolverines, Joe, a 16 and a half point favorite against the Boilermakers. How do you see this game playing out? 
Well, I mean, I, I think, again, I think it's a game where the favorite Michigan wins, and I think Purdue keeps it within the number. I think Purdue's defense, giving up a buck 24 on the ground to opposing offenses in the rushing attack, could keep them in it. And th- they play solid third down defense. That's the biggest thing. 34% of their opponents are converting on third down. If they could get J.J. McCarthy into predictable situations, get some pressure, get off the field, Aiden O'Connell could have a short field. Charlie Jones, 90. He's got 97 receptions for 1,199 yards and 12 touchdowns. That offense could put up some points. So at the end of the day, I, I think I think we're looking Michigan. I like Purdue with the points, but I think it's under the 51 and a half. I think Michigan wins maybe 24-13, believe it or not. I think it's one of those type of ball games in, in Indy. I think it's a lower scoring game in, in terms of that matchup, but I'm taking the points with the Boilermakers. Michigan right now, Joe Lisi, the fifth best total defense in the country, the third best scoring defense in the country, a top 10 passing defensive unit as well, which will be key for slowing down Aiden O'Connell and Charlie Jones and that Boilermaker attack under Jeff Brom's guidance as well. But some big news out of the state of Michigan as it pertains to Mozzie Smith, the defensive lineman for the Wolverines. A consensus first team all defensive player in the Big Ten Conference. He is facing felony gun charges from an incident in early October. That was October 7th, Joe. He has played in every single game this year for the Wolverines. The incident occurred. He was arrested on October 7th. The felony gun charges have been filed today. An interesting development, and we will monitor Mozzie Smith's status for this Big Ten title game. I would not expect him to be there, but Joe, there were some that are maybe sharing their ironic takes here about how Jim Harbaugh was very quick to condemn what Michigan State did in the post-game festivities, not festivities necessarily, but in the post-game tunnel actions in that incident that led to misdemeanor charges filed against numerous Michigan State players, led to the suspension of eight MSU players from that Spartans football program, and yet Mozzie Smith has played in Every single game this year will continue to monitor that status moving forward. Of course, Joe, as we focus just on the football perspective, Michigan a 16.5-point favorite, the number two team in the college football playoff rankings and the number two team in the AP poll as well. Purdue against AP top five opponents, Joe, since the AP poll came around in 1936, 17 outright wins as an unranked team. They have nine against the team ranked second in the AP poll. More than double the next closest. The team has four. That is the Purdue spoiler makers to the nth degree. More FFC up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, 
<laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. So, Joe, there's a couple of Power 5 conference championship games. At least one we haven't discussed just yet. That would be Clemson and North Carolina in the ACC title game. Now, in terms of ramifications for this year's college football playoff, doesn't mean much. A New Year's Six Bowl, certainly, as Clemson checks in, Joe, at number nine in the country. They're a seven-and-a-half-point favorite against North Carolina in Charlotte on Saturday night, 8 p.m. Eastern time is the kick. Joe, obviously this game has lost some of the hype in the billing around it, but how do you see it breaking down from that X's and O's matchup? I really like Clemson. They're 7-0 and in ACC championships. have won those by 25.5 points per game, but I do not like Drake May's offense right now. Last two games under 250 passing yards per game. They've only converted 26% in terms of third down offense. Not a good recipe. I think Clemson dominates and covers this number. One of my better picks for the weekend. It's going to be a spot, Joe, that I think Clemson tries to end out the year after getting upset by South Carolina just a weekend ago. Two losses now for the Clemson Tigers against South Carolina and against Notre Dame. Quickly here, Joe, AAC title game between Tulane and Central Florida. Tulane will host UCF for the second time in three weeks. A regular season matchup in New Orleans went the way of the road team. The Central Florida Knights winning 38-31. Joe in what was basically a pick the green wave here, a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Will it be different for Willie Fritz and company as he's staying in the Big Easy? Or will Gus Malzahn and UCF pull off the upset once more? You got to take Gus Malzahn plus the points. I always take the Gus bus with the points. I look for Ty J. Sharp, Joe, the running back for Tulane. I can't wait for when his prop becomes available. I think he will put up some big numbers. He's been on a tear the second half of the season. That does it for us today on Football Full Circle. We'll be back come tomorrow on the Sports Grid Radio Network. But up next, it's the money line. Keep it locked right here to the Sports Grid Radio Network all week long. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.